Welcome to Weird Sisters. I'm Al. And I'm Becca. This is a true crime podcast by two sisters. And while it is true crime, there will be humour and chat throughout it, and we will express our opinions. We'll do our best to be sensitive, given the material, and never intentionally be disrespectful or incorrect about facts. Hopefully you enjoy the episode. Hello. Hello. We are recording straight off of the back of Panama Part 2 as my sister is abandoning us to go to France in a bit. I am. I'm going to France, so I will not be here at the weekend. So we can't record on our usual day, so it's just like squeeze it in and um, see how well it my brain yeah. counts for keeping up. I'm glad that I'm just getting to read my notes instead of thinking right now. <laughs> I am dreaming of pan au chocolats and croissants and patisserie. Wine. Yeah, wine, champagne. But yeah, wine don't... drinker is me. No. But... That's the thing. I'm sort of wasting going to France cheese. compared to you. You oh, do cheese. love cheese. The cheese and bread. Oh. I would live like my eldest and middle one, to be mm-hmm. fair, are constantly at the moment doing these like, what would you rather games? Would you rather have <laughs> ice cream that tastes of poo or poo that tastes of ice cream? Right. The middle one actually chose poo that tastes of ice cream. Is it bad that I was kind of thinking that would be better? Because no. you don't have to eat it. No, it was too weak. Oh. Yeah, I think still I'd rather it tasted nice. <laughs> no, because I'd be able to, even if it tasted awful, I'd be like, no, it is still ice oh, cream. Oh, God. But anyway, one of their ones was just like, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Simple charcuterie board. Ah, see, I would say pizza because I adore pizza. I know that it's not as big for you, but no. I love pizza. But because this, you can have so many different types, but you can on a charcuterie board. Yeah, but I just oh, this pizza. is where we're different. I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of hot cooked food. Oh. I don't like chocolate really. Like yeah, just oh, that is not okay. I'm not like the biggest <laughs> curry or noodles. Or anything oh bad. God, see, I, I don't like fish and chips. I don't actually okay. really care for fish and chips that much. Sometimes, just really, really occasionally, I like really feel like it. Yeah. But even then, when I eat it, I'm like, mm, it just no. makes me feel really yeah. rubbish. But no, but, but charcuterie board, cured mm. meats, some cheeses, gherkins, yeah. pickles, so pates. Like but again, yeah, you like meat a lot more than I yeah. do. But. Oh. Yeah, it's no. a nice wine to wash it down. Yeah, oh, I'd be in heaven. As I'm just there, like I like water and tea, <laughs> but not caffeinated tea. Nope. <laughs> Decaf all the way. Yeah. I oh. live on coffee, coffee, wine, mm-hmm. and crime. <laughs> coffee, wine, and crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if it was me, crime, water, <laughs> water, crime, and tea time. <laughs> I <laughs> but anyway so we're i am uh yes doing a another episode Will i you cry through this i one? shouldn't cry through this one okay. it is sad it's it's a really horrible one but it's an adult okay oh well they're 19 children a bit and it, yeah i didn't get to the point where i was like i'm gonna cry when i was writing it up okay. it's really horrible yeah but it you yeah remove yourself from the situation a bit better with this yeah one. Yeah. So it is the case of Suzanne Marie Collins. Okay. So I will uh, begin. Yeah. So Suzanne Marie Collins uh, was born on the 8th of June in 1966. Oh my God, that's the same birthday as Stephanie. Yeah, but obviously Obviously. quite a lot before, (laughs) unless your middle child is uh, considerably older than we (laughs) realised. The same, the same. um, Same date. date. Yes. But yeah, sort of. 50 years before. <laughs> wow. Gosh. 
But yes, she was not uh, born under that name, though. No. Suzanne was christened Regina Celeste, and her parents, Jack and Trudy Collins, adopted her when she was a year old. Oh. Yes, her mother had been like a young teen mum who yeah. didn't have very many options. So Okay. Yeah. Oh. But uh, yeah, she was like well looked after, I think, well sort of loved. You've got to really, don't you? I know some people don't, but mm. if you're going to adopt a child, like sh- the vast, vast majority of people, surely it's because you just want to yeah, love a child exactly, so much. Exactly, yeah. That's where I feel sort of better thinking, I don't know if I'm ready for kids or I think it's something I want yeah. in the future, but I'm not, yeah, like going to put pressure on myself to have them. But it makes me feel really good thinking in the future if we decided way further down the line. We yeah. could, yeah, we could adopt and give a child a really good life. Yeah, it stops there being that time time limit yeah, or time pressure exactly. on it. Exactly, and sort of, I sometimes feel a bit like, yeah, is it morally right to bring a child into the world with the world being so shit? Whereas then you think, well, the child's already here if you adopt. You're just yeah. giving them a, as good a life as you well, can. that's me with my three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's thing. Not that I judge anyone who does have kids. No. Just for me, I have that kind of worry Especially with the stuff going on at the moment. Yeah. You do worry about them and their yeah. future. It's... Exactly. Like my I yeah. The idea of living in a world where I could have a child and what if we did have World War Three and we yeah. have to pack them off to It's fight so or... hard sometimes as well. Like Sefi, her um ballet teachers in Ukraine mm. and she's just been so worried about obviously Ukraine and the situation mm. and stuff yeah and at seven years old that's so difficult to comprehend and it is. understand I mean, she as well. thought that me and you know her dad and that could just go off to Ukraine and, oh, and fight in the her. army to help the people out over there she was just like if you go over and fight then it means that the russian army will have that it'll be let it'll be 10 less big or something oh bless her it's just like oh no we can't even if we can solve all your problems at the moment we can't sadly solve the world yeah (laughs) wish you could solve all mine Um, but yeah, no, she was adopted when she was a year old Aww. and she joined their other adopted child, uh, her older brother, Stephen. Oh, so, um, do you know how much older he was? I think that he was a few years older, yeah. so four or five years okay, older. Yeah, good. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, so they had tried for quite a while after adopting him to adopt another child. Yeah. Um, there was some problem with through their sort of Catholic organization. Okay. That they sort of had these um, regulations that both parents had to be Catholic and they weren't oh. just, um, just Jack Collins was Catholic. Okay. But then they changed, I think they changed their regulations. Yeah. And they were able to get um, Suzanne. Seems a very odd. It does. Sort of but in- then our uncle had to convert to Catholicism to send our cousin to a Catholic school. Yeah. Which doesn't make much sense to it me does, it's not at all if it's a not a true of, conversion and also it's not a yeah. judge of how good a person is as no. a person no you can have very good morals and not in have some them. ways i think you're more likely to have better morals if you're not because you're not got morals just because you're worried about being sent to hell you've like mm. actually got those morals as a person yeah that's the thing <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah, so they had two adopted children, Stephen and Suzanne. Aww. So, uh, not to sort of diss any Reginas we might have missing, we have listening, but 
but it does make me think of Regina George, the name from um, Mean Girls. I don't know if you... Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, apparently she was normally, before they adopted her, she was referred to as Gina anyway, which is Gina's really nice. nice yeah, Gina's lovely. I like and Gina. it makes me think of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. Because she is the best character. No, I don't get the Gina hate. She's no, brilliant. The The programme died for me as soon as she left. I yeah. stopped being able to watch it. It actually went so downhill It also downhill when it stopped being a comedy. Oh, God, when it was just Jake really and Amy's relationship. political. Mm. And, yeah. Mm. Like, every episode seemed to be trying to deliver a message. And I'm sorry, mm. that's not why I watch it. I watch it yeah. for light-hearted Mm. relief from yeah. the world and I think that comedy can be used as an amazing medium for delivering yeah. messages but it has to be in a certain way otherwise yeah. it does fall flat and it becomes very uh, over- forced. yeah forced yeah, yeah. so but uh, yeah she had beautiful blonde hair and green eyes Oh, um, and apparently, even when they met her when she was a year old, they just thought she was beautiful, even though she had an absolute stinking cold when they met her to decide <laughs> to adopt her. But they just knew instantly that even though she was snotty and crying, that she was definitely the one for I them. I still think my two are beautiful when they're snotty and crying. That's where I am the <laughs> aunt and I'm able to just be like, Ew. Go away, you gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not picking you up. <laughs> Maybe you're oldest, but, you know, she's... Yeah, she's definitely special. love your baby when they can lean over you and dribble or snot into your eye and you still think oh cute. no that's happened to you yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pushing me more down the yeah maybe not to have kids route <laughs> so um yeah Suzanne um also had a problem with having a turned in foot when she was little um which required extensive correction up to the age of five oh, she had that yeah she had to sleep with her foot in kind of like a brace that turned her legs out and kind of kept them apart that just makes me feel so uncomfortable and um she had to wear corrective shoes as well so up to the age of five but rather than hold her back this actually seemed to spur her her on to excel physically as she grew up so she tried extra hard in sports and yeah was really active i just imagine that's got to be so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like i'm hypermobile and when i flex stuff wrong it feels so uncomfortable yeah because i'm overextending Ugh. just the thought of being held in a unnatural yeah position, to force your just, body to oh. actually grow correctly yeah um suzanne was described as a girl who had her own agenda right from the beginning i love that yeah <laughs> that would describe me yeah <laughs> um she was adaptable strong and her older brother remembered her as always happy. And he said that she had a shiny personality, which is that. awesome. I know. Shiny personality. I love. Yeah. I can't see either of our brothers, like any of our no. brothers describing us as that. I I'm, I know that they do love us, I'm sure. Yeah. But I don't, one, I don't think that they'd ever consciously <laughs> compliment us. Say that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they ever consciously think about having affection for us. I, know. I don't, We have a very like, unemotional family yeah in a weird way Great like victorians don't show emotion yeah you and i have sort of broken the mold yeah. most <laughs> so <laughs> just sort of chipped away at that <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah he remembered her as always just like happy it's smiling lovely. um Aww. yeah i don't know how our brothers would describe us annoying (laughs) Um, frustrating um jack collins worked as a foreign service official during um suzanne and stephen's childhood wow yeah so they grew up for most of their sort of early childhood in greece 
I know. I love Greece. Yeah, the oh, food. Oh, the food. That's it is the best food in the mm -hmm. world. Like not dissing any other food. I love food anyway, but I love Greek food. Yeah, I love. Oh, I just love going to Greece. Mm -hmm. I want to go back for the food oh. and the history and oh yeah. I've been twice to different parts of Greece and <gasps> I absolutely love it. I'd yeah. love to explore more of it. So I've only been once and yeah, so desperate to go back. But yeah, so they um, grew up in Greece for quite a what while. A fantastic childhood. I know. And then uh, they moved back to America when Suzanne was in high school. That's got to be such a culture shock mm, for her. Apparently she fitted in like so easily. Yeah. Just slotted in, had friends, just got wow. on with things. She was so adaptable. That's and, like, amazing. Yeah. And she attended the Robert E. Lee High School in Fairfax, That's Virginia. That's a tongue twister. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Suzanne, although she fitted in socially, excelled with having friends, she did not enjoy or really care for like, her academic studies. Okay. So, and this, along with drinking, wearing makeup and clothing disagreements uh, meant that Suzanne was often in conflict with her parents, especially Trudy. That is so me as a <laughs> yeah. teenager. Apparently oh Trudy didn't like her wearing jeans to school. Wow. So she would, like her brother remembered that she would like take a pair out with her and change into them in the bushes outside yep. the garden. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I, I, that She sounds brilliant. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen, apparently, he also kind of did a lot of these things as well. Not the makeup, I don't think, but uh, sort of the drinking and things yeah. like that. But he found academics very easy. Yeah. So he said that it just wasn't as noticeable that he was being sort of a typical rebellious teenager. Yeah. So um, Suzanne often got in trouble more just because she couldn't sort of hide it as it's well. Like I got in trouble for being a rebellious teenager. <laughs> and so not were. more than you, I think. I was just nicer. <laughs> I wasn't as rebellious. <laughs> I don't think I was too bad, but yeah, not for how it could say. be. Yeah. Exactly. Not for how we, none of us have been like druggies and drug addicts and no. like alcoholics and stuff. Like you do go out and you have a drink and you like yeah. push it and stuff. But... Yeah, but no, none of us were ever like what I'd say is genuinely off the rails. No. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Mum doesn't know how lucky she was. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Suzanne's decision to join the Marines when she was sort of getting towards the end of high school came as a massive surprise to her family, though. That is such mm. a serious decision. Well. Yep. I mean, you're so young. I know. I, I can't. Yeah. No. So apparently after a recruitment drive that the Marines did at her school, she came home having decided to join. And that was just what she did. See, I'm not sure how I feel about that. To me recruiting essentially children mm. to go and fight for your country yeah. I mean, to be seems fair. so wrong. Yeah. And all those like adverts that we have mm. on our TV about yeah. Ooh, join you the can, army, be the best. If you can fix a bike, you can fix a car. And if you can <laughs> fix a car, you can fix a helicopter. I've not seen that Have you not one? seen? Oh, no. my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And they prey on like people's sort of, insecurities being like oh you'll have a family yeah come join us you, you'll have like mates you'll have a family you'll feel like you belong and it's like preying on people who are vulnerable yeah and obviously they offer stuff like the career progression and the free mm. learning and stuff like that and it I don't know it just it, it makes me feel a bit icky yeah Troy nearly joined the army really? apparently because they again they had a recruitment thing at his school and, and he was in high school and it, he almost want to do yeah, or... he all because especially because he's so into 
being active and yeah. sort of physical and he really nearly thought about joining which I think as well probably a lot of people do join because they don't think they're ever going to see active combat and then mm-hmm. yeah. obviously that changes and can change so quickly as we know oh yeah 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 so Suzanne graduated high school on the 4th of June in 1984 and she joined the Marines to start her basic training on the 27th. Wow, that's quick. Three weeks out wow. of high school. And she's, she's training to be a Marine. God, yeah. that is tough training. Crazy, as well as yeah. And I believe she did her basic training in South Carolina. Okay. So I do not know very much about South Carolina. I think it's Other, warm. Yes. Is, am I right in thinking Janelle from Teen Mum lived in like North Carolina? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. So that's mainly what I think about, but I'm sure as it's south it's different. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, Suzanne thrived on the discipline despite having struggled with that at home. So that was quite I think surprising. Sometimes if it's not coming from your parents, it's definitely easier. That's true. Yeah. So. Um, and Suzanne apparently joined the Marines specifically because they were the best. I can yeah. totally understand mm-hmm. yep. her mentality. You would be like oh her. My God. She was determined to prove that women were just as good as men. Uh, and I, in such a sort of still quite set, um, gender divided yeah. kind of environment at that time. Yeah, she challenged like the sexist approaches to the work on like a very regular basis. Oh my God, so, I feel so mm-hmm. like connected to her. Yeah. Like, she was very pretty. Yeah. And sort of looked quite girly girl. And so she often ran into people. So the men would quite often be like, oh, she's just got through on her looks. And then she yeah. would completely prove them wrong. And I it was amazing. I do you find that, that funny to do because I am blonde. <laughs> yeah. um, and very girly girl. <laughs> yeah, very girly girl with how I dress and stuff mm. like that. And present myself. And like, mm. I do pole fitness and stuff like yeah. this. And you definitely get people that think a certain way about you. And it is so funny mm-hmm. when you prove them wrong. Yeah. I, I do love doing Yeah, that. to be fair, when you're like, oh, yeah, pull fitness, I wear, like, eight-inch heels, I'm like, how? <laughs> I could not do that. Because the platforms are really big, so they're yeah. not actually eight-inch <laughs> heels. <laughs> um, yeah, so, she, yeah, she was um, five foot seven, so taller than me, and 118 pounds. So oh, she wow, was, like, tiny. in, like, tall, but... yeah, slim, yeah. But, like, really physically fit. Apparently wow. that was just because she would work out and exercise all the time that's um, really cool yeah so because I think I'm like and I'm, I'm fairly slim I'm five foot six and I'm yeah. about 125 pounds I think Is maybe she... 130 now because I've put more muscle on so I feel like if you weighed that though you would be too skinny. yeah I'd look ill so, so especially like if, if she's working out and so much you feel like she'd weigh a bit more because mm, muscle, muscle does weigh yeah. more and stuff yeah but. I suppose there's still maybe a little bit of sort of it was the 80s and yeah. so women were still expected to be a certain there way is that. and I also mm. think back then because like you if you watch the old Batman and mm-hmm. like you know the bit where he like picks up the girl with his like um bat hook oh, yeah. and he's like you said you weighed this much you definitely weigh more yeah there was so much like sort of and he, it was chaining. like she had said that she was something insane like a hundred pounds or something mm. which is so light. oh my god but i think maybe as well back then people said that they were lighter than they mm. were yeah maybe to be more feminine mm-hmm. yeah quite possibly i think yeah there was less focus on sort of 
how we have now where actually a lot of women do want to be muscular and yeah. strong. Um, strong is beautiful. Yeah. And if you're skinny through being healthy, then that's great. But yeah. That's, yeah. It shouldn't be the aim above health. Exactly. Just like anything else. Yeah. Um, but on the 11th of July, 1985, so she was 19 at this point. Okay. Um, Suzanne had had a busy day doing checking duty. So she was basically just sat outside the barracks checking the IDs of everyone who came in. That sounds so boring. Yeah. Really boring. Oh, my God. Um, and that meant that she hadn't had time to go to the gym. Aww. So, again, sounds just like you. Suzanne got to her room just before 10 and told her roommate, uh, Patty Coon, just before 10 p.m. Yeah. And told her roommate, Patty Coon, that she was going to go for a half hour run. Yep. <laughs> just to fit something in before the end of the day. That would be great. <laughs> so, Suzanne. How many times do I like message you? I've not been able to do pole. I need to go and yep. do something. Yeah. So, Suzanne changed into a red marine t shirt with okay. a gold, like, marine logo on it. So, it sounds really nice. Yeah. And I'm sorry. It's if snazzy. you're trained to be a marine, yeah, you're so proud of yeah, that. Shit. You're going to show that off. You'd have like all the merchandise. <laughs> I show off like my Spartan and Mudrun mm-hmm. ones enough as it is because yeah. I'm so proud. That's of them. the thing with martial arts. I like wear my t-shirts and my jacket. Yeah. So not my like literal dobok jacket, but like my no. sort of I, sports yeah. jacket that goes with. I that. don't wear my medals because I don't think I pull that <laughs> off either. <laughs> but the finisher tops. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she changed into red marine t-shirt. Blue shorts, Nike, 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 Nike. I call them Nike. I but say I think Nike. American but I think Americans Nike. say Nike. I think it's technically Nike. meant to be Nike, but yeah, Everyone Nike in Britain. Nike, yeah, Nike running shoes <laughs> and a sweat belt, which I assume is something that you put around your sort of almost like a headband that you put on, but around okay. your like waist or hip. Yeah, because the so, thing I would wear around there would be like my water bottle yeah. holders. But yeah, so I'm assuming it must be to catch sweat sort of around your waist. It does always pull at the like the bottom of your back, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, so. yeah, that's true. Maybe it's for Good that. point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and then she headed outside to warm up. But sadly, this was the last time Patty, oh, her yeah. roommate, would see her. I'm guessing <laughs> it's going to like. I know you say it's ten at night. That'd be freezing mm. here, but it must still be like yeah. really warm over there. They are in Tennessee. Now, oh yeah. So yeah really warm yes <laughs> yeah so yeah she did basic training in south carolina and then for her marine uh, yeah, sort of avionics training she's now in tennessee yeah so you'd still be warm yeah <laughs> um the next morning the 12th was meant to be the day that suzanne graduated from avionics oh, training nice. yeah so i'm guessing she just... doesn't no and i was thinking as i was writing this case up that seems to happen so often that people go yeah. missing or they get murdered or right, abducted before just before a big, a big change. Yeah, yeah, and something they've been looking forward to. I don't know whether it's that almost they're looking forward to something and your guard's down because you've got something that you're thinking about and looking yeah. forward to. Or Maybe mm. you're just distracted and preoccupied. Yeah. And like, you know when you're, you're like happy. really happy yeah. and you don't have like a care in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You approach things with kind of like a different mindset. See, my initial thought was just like because of anxiety and stuff like that. It's just like it's the universe out to get you because you're happy for once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it always has to take that away yep. from you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the morning of the 12th, she was meant to be graduating. Uh, and her close friend, who was also a Marine, Susan Hand, mm. uh, was waiting in the park on base where Suzanne and her had arranged to meet before the graduation uh-huh. ceremony. Suzanne never showed up 
Um, and after the ceremony, Susan went to her barracks to see if she'd been taken I ill. because or... they didn't have mobile phones. No, exactly. Yeah, so she thought, oh, maybe she's feeling yeah. unwell. Or, um, But instead, the captain's aide came to find her and took her to his office, which was very unusual. Yeah. Um, but he knew her quite well. Um, and he gave her a hug and told her to sit down. Oh, you just know yeah. that that's not going And to he be said good. that Suzanne had been found in a nearby park dead. Oh. Yeah. So you've got to be worried anyway, because to mm-hmm. miss graduation that you've been looking for yeah, so that's much, a big you've thing. got to be And in the military, really that's not really like acceptable yeah. to miss those sorts so of things. So you're probably already worrying and then yeah. to have like you you must just like blood run cold when mm-hmm. they the you know such a high up yeah commander exactly starts walking up to you mm-hmm. yeah um and then suzanne's brother um in springfield illinois which is yeah. about three hours away i looked up three three and a half hours okay. away so. um he was at home by himself on the 12th and he just got out of the shower when impressive military cars drew up outside their house and at first he thought being Suzanne she'd wangled a really fancy ride home to celebrate for her graduation because that just would have been her that's amazing yeah and then obviously instead it's not yeah you think just having that so like oh they're here and that to then have it oh look at them being typical yeah so instead officials and a minister came to the door and told him that Suzanne had been killed Apparently one of their neighbours said they saw her brother just, like, go nuts. Like, he was, like, hitting, like, a hedge and screaming. Like I I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Trudy, their mother, came home shortly afterwards as well. And at first, when she was told, she was just convinced there had to have been a mistake. They just could not imagine that that was their... Their daughter was dead. Not with who she was and how bubbly and full of life she was. But And especially because all that officials could tell them at that time was that late last night on a run, yeah. she'd seemingly been abducted and killed. They didn't have That's any it. other any other details at that point. God. Yeah. So I can't imagine just knowing that, but sitting there thinking, you don't understand what what's... Yeah. Yeah. So Trudy and Stephen <clears throat> also had to ring Jack, <clears throat> their father, he was away on business. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so he flew home immediately, obviously, and left the business meeting. I can't imagine in. that being so far away and then having to go through all that travel to yeah, get back. exactly. On your own. Mm-hmm. And you need support, your family needs support. and you Yeah, just... and you're having to just travel. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, and by this time, there was a man in custody in Tennessee. Okay. So this man was... Sedley Alley, which is a very odd first name, Sedley. Yeah. And he was the partner of a woman who was enlisted in the Navy on the base. So he lived there sort of on the base, but wasn't in the Navy. Yeah, sort of like over here when people come over to the military base. He was a military spouse. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone was quite confused still. Like, Suzanne was so strong physically, mentally, that her family couldn't really believe if it was him that just one man could have murdered her. Yeah. And the injuries she had sustained were absolutely awful. Okay. See, that's the (sighs) thing. Like, I know I'm all like, you know, I work out and I know I'm strong and everything. Mm -hmm. But no matter how strong you get like there are physical differences between yes. men and women and usually yeah 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 you just 
the way your muscles and everything are made up is fundamentally mm-hmm. different and you yeah you can be so strong for being mm-hmm. a girl but like sort of almost an average guy can still be as strong as you mm. and it's yeah crazy scary but so by now sort of detectives and had sort of started to piece things together and we're starting to piece together a timeline. Okay. So I'm going to run through the timeline that sort of got pieced together for the night. Yeah. So about 10 p.m., Suzanne leaves for her run. Yeah. At about 11 p.m., Marine Privates Michael Howard and Mark Shotwell were jogging down Atu Road okay. on the base when they saw Suzanne jogging towards them. Yeah. Um, she crossed the road. And sort of went a different sort of direction. Yeah. And they saw a Ford station wagon with wood panelling and like a really loud muffler swerve oh. onto the road and head the same oh. way as her. It's always wood panelled, like cars, isn't it? Back in sort of the 70s, 80s. Yeah. It seemed to be like murder machines. It's like vans nowadays. Yeah. Oh. Um, the two joggers had carried on. And, but then they heard what sounded like screams behind them. Oh. Mm. And they... Could did they instantly ca- turn around, oh, I turned around and say, ran did back. They carry yeah, on no, they ran back towards the sounds, but Yay. they stopped after they'd gone a little distance. Yeah. And the station wagon came back onto Atu Road and drove off. They tried to chase it, but they lost it just sort of among the general traffic, and it's a car, it's going faster than them. So it didn't, it didn't, the station wagon didn't stay there long. No, okay. not very long at all. But they carried on running and reported it to the North Gate. Okay. To yeah. North Gate 2. Yeah. And the guard, David Davenport, called base security. So everyone's taking it quite seriously. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he also, unfortunately, added that the car that they described had exited through his gate just before the abduction was reported. So okay. they were now off base. Yeah. Um, that's a shame. Yeah. But he saw in the car that there was a male driver and there was a woman in the passenger seat. Um, the driver had their arms like round them. But oh, yeah, they did. Oh, so they'd like abducted them at that point. Yeah. Oh. And he also noticed that the car had Kentucky plates. Um, okay. So not local, not I don't think. Car. No. Um, a profile was issued, and the watch chief actually went off base searching for the car. Wow. But unfortunately, quite quickly, he was called away to a fight. So he had to leave his search. Yeah. But then about midnight, he by chance, I think, just saw the car out oh, wow. and he stopped it. That's some mm. luck. Yeah. And it had the same loud muffler that had been described yeah. as well. It was so quite distinctive. Yeah. And that was driven by Sedley Alley, okay. who was a 29-year-old white male, yeah. roughly six foot four. So he's a, and oh. 220 pounds. So he's big, a big guy. big guy. You think he's 100 pounds heavier than Suzanne? Yeah. Right. He's twice <clears> away. Yeah. And... He fairly calmly went to the security office with um, Rogers, the um, watch chief. And his wife, Lynn, came in a little bit later. And she bore quite a lot of resemblance to Suzanne. So they were allowed to go because they just passed it off as, oh, they had a domestic in the street, but they're the same people. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah, which also, to be fair, if there's a domestic where people are screaming, I don't really think that should be just kind of brushed oh, over. Oh, well, no, it's just a domestic. It yeah. was back then, wasn't yeah, it, though? Yeah, it was. It's like, oh, marital rape <clears throat> wasn't a thing. It exactly, was just like, yeah. oh, no, you just had I a didn't realize, Barney. Yeah, it was like the 80s that it became that you didn't legally have to have your husband's permission to get a bank account in England. Really? Yeah, it's that recent. 
Because yeah. I think it was the early 90s, wasn't it, that marital rape came mm-hmm. into law yeah. in this country. Ridiculously which is just late. Yeah. But yeah, so they let him go and they went off. At 5 a.m., Patty Coon uh, realised that um, Suzanne had never come home. Oh. Obviously, her bed had never been slept in. Yeah. And she reported Suzanne missing. Okay. Did um, they think maybe at all at this point that the woman that they saw last night looks very similar to well, Suzanne? This is where when they when uh, security gave Suzanne's description, were given Suzanne's description, oh, they realised oh, that shit. they, yeah, they looked very similar, but were not necessarily the same person. So you probably get to it. Mm. Did um, this, what was the man called? Sedley Alley. Did Sedley have <laughs> like an argument or something with his wife then for him to go after Suzanne, who looks so similar to yeah, him? Yeah, there is not what any sane, rational person would okay. see as cause to go murder someone. Okay, but, but in we'll a come twisted person's mind, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they always do, like mm-hmm. the serial killers that have a specific yeah. type because some mm-hmm. woman dared to turn them yep. down. And it is something so pathetic when we get to it. Yeah. But yeah, so obviously when they realised this, though, the search was resumed and the intensity was like stepped way yeah. up. Um, at 6am, so just like an hour later, Suzanne's naked body was found face down Aww. in grass under a tree in Edmund Orgill Park nearby. Okay. And nearby were her clothes, her shirt, socks, underwear, exercise belt. Everything. Um, her head was bloody and there were bruises on her shoulder blades Aww. and also torso length scratches on her. Jesus. Yeah. And she also had bite marks on her chest. Oh, and when they turned her over, like, and her left eye was swollen shut as well. Like being so hit, she'd been like it? hit, yeah. yeah. And then really, really horrible. I think ugh, this is horrible, so I'm gonna try and get it over as quickly yeah. as possible. She also had a very large tree limb that had been forced into her vagina. Jesus. And the sharply pointed branch had been forced so violently into her body that it had pierced through roughly twenty inches of her torso, puncturing a lung and tearing her. That's abdomen. almost two foot. That's yeah. your whole torso. Yep. Yeah. Ugh, fucking yeah. hell. It's awful. The rage to do that and mm-hmm. the strength to yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. Like this, I can't imagine how much strength you'd need to do that. No. Yeah. So. Fucking mm-hmm. hell. That's one of the worst yeah, injuries I've ever say, heard of. I don't think I've heard anything as bad as that like in any other case they're all awful yeah but just that is yes something else it gets worse no in that the autopsy found her cause of death to be blunt force trauma to the head fractured her skull yeah and internal hemorrhaging meaning that she was likely still alive when when assaulted with the tree limb jesus so how do you even subdue someone and have the strength to do that and i know like that's the thing how do that's not something that's easy to do. That's like, like if someone's lying on the ground, that's low yeah. to the ground. You'd, I don't even want to even think about it. But yeah, so Unless it's just her, true. It's just you pick someone up. Yeah, I suppose so. It's just horrific. That's like so far beyond any thing. No, like, that's a whole other mm-hmm. level of deranged. Yeah. And like she's just 19. It's like, oh. But yeah, so roughly half a mile away from yeah. here, they found a screwdriver that was the exact same as the one that Sedley Alley used to start his car because it didn't 
start with a regular like key switch okay. anymore. You have to use a screwdriver to that start it, like so... some kind of like bumpkin. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I know. so wow, yeah. And his car also had blood stains in it. Yeah, I mean, you it's know, not looking great. Yeah, not looking good for him, is it? No. So Ali requested his lawyer and denied murder, as you would. Yeah. But shortly after that, entirely of his own volition, he changed his mind and confessed. Okay. So you're probably thinking, okay, this case is wrapping up. Far from it. Well, yeah, if he's confessing, <laughs> yeah. like, surely oh, that's the end of it. Yeah, gets so twisted oh. and, like, confusing. So, but how? He's yeah. just confessed. I know. But he gives his version of the, in inverted commas, because he doesn't call it that, murder. Okay. Yeah. In his version, he had been drinking. Yes. And driving, he had been all... okay, already admitted to a crime. Exactly, there. yeah. He was all alone, poor lamb, because his oh, wife no. had gone out to a Tupperware party with friends. Oh, how dare yeah, she? Leaving him all alone and like left him alone all the time. Wow. I, I mean, I am a bit like on a tangent. Like, what the hell is a Tupperware party? No, don't. I accidentally went along to a Tupperware party. <laughs> You've one been time. to a Tupperware party. Don't. What is it that you're buying Tupperware, or does everyone take Tupperware with food in it? You're buying Tupperware. You, <laughs> you're like Tupperware party, like you'd have like don't. an Anne Summers party. Okay, but like <laughs> my friend Jenna, when she listens to this, she'll know exactly what I'm meaning. But yeah, I was invited out. <laughs> For an evening that okay. was sold to me as wine and food yeah. All with an acquaintance. Good. And I was just like, yeah, no, okay, th- this sounds like a good night. <laughs> I turned up and um, they they were discussing what are the best silicon covers that you can put on your bowls in the fridge to keep no. everything fresh. No. Oh my God. They were the sort of people that made one glass of wine <laughs> last for three hours. <laughs> oh my God. They are not your people at all. Josh, Josh texts me and he was just like, are oh, you having fun? And you're like, wine or food night? And I was just like, get me the fuck out of here. How do I leave? Please ring me. Fake an emergency. So <laughs> if you ever mention to Josh a Tupperware party, he will just laugh. Oh my God. <laughs> it was literal So pounds. you know exactly what I'm talking about. But equally, Josh didn't go murder someone whilst you were at this party. No. He didn't feel personally wrong that you being interested in Tupperware. No. <laughs> He he did not feel insecure yeah. compared no. to the Tupperware. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, the uh... sorry, get back to this. So um, yeah, yes, I mean, I version. think the the light relief is yeah, quite good really right good now after, after that. What yeah, me. he oh, says that he saw Suzanne jogging, and he thought it'd be nice to chat to her. Right, um, but he accidentally hit her with his car instead. How do you accidentally hit someone with a car that you're trying to chat yeah. to? Um, so he got out and panicked and put her in the car to take her to hospital, obviously, because he really cared about this. So why didn't she end up at hospital? Well, she had been knocked out. Yeah. And uh, she, when she came to, she was screaming. She threatened to get him arrested. If you hit someone with your car, you're not yeah. knocking them out, though, no. are you? You're knocking them over. Exactly. But yeah, so um, with her threatening and screaming at him, he panicked, as as anyone would. I'm so threatened by this yeah. £120 girl. Yeah. And uh, he hit her with his screwdriver by accident. By accident? Yeah, in the head. And How pun- do you hit someone by yeah. accident with a screwdriver? Hard enough with the pointy end to kill her by accident. <laughs> How? Yeah, but that meant he panicked more. But why was the screwdriver in his hand? Yeah. Because he'd started the car, obviously. <laughs> 
but then they were near the park. Yeah. And he panicked and thought, I'm going to have to get her out and I'll pretend she's been murdered and stage a sexual assault. And he claimed what? that he put her on the ground, stripped her off to make it look like a sexual assault. And um, he inserted, he inserted the, tree the trailer, inserted, not even like yeah. at once. Right, with all that force. With all that force. Even though that autopsy shows that she yeah, was it, killed by it. Yeah, and it went all the way through her, into her torso. Body. Yeah. And it was um, quite a thick branch as well. I don't think that that checks out. I'm sorry, yeah. you don't miscalculate your strength to that degree. No. Or or your intentions. Exactly. And in her autopsy, there were no screwdriver puncture wounds found in her head or That's any amazing. injuries that connected with being hit by a car. No. No. Damn so, it. yeah. Why, and why Why did he not just... They said that she could have died um, partially from the blunt force yeah. to her head as well, right? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to cover that shit up, maybe just go with the, the I knocked them over with my car yeah, and they, they hit, hit their heads. Exactly, yeah. And I don't think he's the brightest. No. And people near the park also reported hearing a very loud, like, painful scream around Suzanne's oh, estimated no. time of death in the park. So it wasn't even that she was knocked no. out when they did that. No. See, I was hoping that... Yeah, at least at she's least not aware. At least that was the yeah. case. And, yeah, so it turned out as well that Lynn Alley was at the Tupperware party all evening. So she didn't know where he was and couldn't account for his whereabouts yeah. at the time you know, of Because she's off, you know... Having fun with discussing... How dare like, she have fun with Exactly, yeah. Party. How dare she be more interested in what you'd put over a bowl in the fridge i mean um, i could understand if she committed murder i yeah, couldn't exactly. really but like after a tupperware <laughs> yeah. party um yeah but unsurprisingly ali was charged with first degree murder good and the um the assistant u.s attorney ah yes lawrence lorenzi at the time assured officials that if he did not get the death penalty for murder he yeah. would seek that he definitely got it through the aggravated kidnap yeah so that either way horrific manner that she was killed and uh, luckily the death penalty was instantly placed on the table though okay so i mean i'm not i don't agree with the death penalty in general yeah like to me i'm glad that we don't have it over here Mm -hmm. and i don't think that it necessarily is the deterrent that people hope it is and sort of crime rates haven't reduced because of, it. because of it. No, they and don't not happen. In mm. some ways, it removes, like, when you've got that on the table anyway, you may as well go completely out of yeah, your way. Yeah, it means that if and... you've kidnapped somebody, you might as well murder them to try and cover it up because yeah. you could get the death penalty anyway if they identify and you. You've got yeah. the whole problem with you're never going to only give the death penalty to 100% guilty people. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that yeah. error of mistake there. Exactly. And I think one innocent person that we can't bring mm. back isn't worth it. I think it'd be much yeah. better to keep people in jail forever. forever. Mm. Um, and that kind of forces them to live through what they've done. Exactly. More, yeah. like, I don't necessarily think, I think that there's definitely people we shouldn't be letting out yeah. ever again. I, know. I don't think rehabilitation is possible in every case. No. But, yeah. But, but, so they, yeah. Mm, but yeah. anyway. So they are planning to seek the death penalty in yeah. all areas. But meanwhile, now Suzanne's family were having to deal with the aftermath of her being murdered and plan her funeral. So her dad And that's not the end of it. Nope. 
was quite a lot more. Oh my god. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it's all right. You've moved on to another <laughs> yeah. notebook. I know, I said it would be shorter, but we'll see. Um, I haven't cried yet, so that's good. Nearly. Once, Nearly. But yeah. So her dad was very Catholic, um, and yeah. they considered a church funeral and church burial. Yeah. But due to Suzanne dying on what was classed as active service, she qualified to be buried in Arlington Cemetery. Which I looked up, and it is in Virginia. Okay. And it is a 639-acre military cemetery that honours the dead servicemen and women in the US. And it has been used since the Civil War. So it's a really, really prestigious, like, one. Yeah. It's an honour to be there. You would do, wouldn't you? Yeah. Especially with sort of her goals in life. Exactly. Again, it's the best best way to honour her. But what they can give her, and sadly that is the option, but it's the best that they can give her, yeah. Um, there are 400,000 plus burials there already. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was sad reading it as well, like looking it up. It said they do about 30 funerals a week there. That's a lot. I know. I was thinking, that is so many. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that is where they chose for Suzanne. Yeah. Um, she had a closed casket due to her injuries. See, we generally it's have always closed, a closed caskets. Casket, yeah. I can't. I don't know anyone that has no. had an open casket. That's unheard of. I don't know here. how I feel. I I think we should normalise being around death more, but I, that's another podcast yeah. episode. <laughs> we should do one on that. Mm. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I would manage seeing my loved one mm. like that. Like Granny, yeah. I went and to I pieces. And I suppose that depends on how you see it, whether you see it being closer to them and yeah. celebrating them as a person and them still being here or whether you see it as yes something scary yeah and I think and I think it changes as you get older Mm. and who it is as well like granny I went to pieces and around that time I was definitely I can't imagine where you would ever want an open casket yeah but with Josh and stuff like that Mm. if he went before me I would want to be able to see See him as for as long as possible yeah see I I've kind of changed my thinking. I don't know if changed is the right word, but like evaluated my thinking a lot since I read a book I bought called From Here to Eternity. Yeah. That I don't know if I told you about. No, I've not heard this one. It's by a mortician. Yeah. Who she actually travelled to different cultures around the world to try and understand their death processes better and their death rituals. And sort of try and understand why in the West we've become so removed from death and we see it as so scary. Yeah. And actually see how different cultures cope with it and sort of celebrate yeah, the life. And they have a much healthier relationship with it. I'll lend it to you. Yeah, it's it actually really amazing. It's really thought provoking and powerful. Yeah. But yeah, so they chose Arlington Cemetery. Yeah. Okay. And had a closed casket. Yeah. But her parents still wanted to see her for the last time. Yeah, I can understand but that. When they did, they could hardly believe it was her. She had had to have her face reconstructed and it just. It wasn't, wasn't her. her. And I think, yeah, knowing how my friend Esther felt with uh, when her dad died and yeah. she insisted on seeing his body when it came back because um, it had to be shipped back from New Zealand because he was on holiday there. Yeah. And she says she regrets entirely ever seeing it because that yeah. so traumatised her. And it just, it was not him. It didn't yeah. look like him. I like, could understand that, like, with a parent and that, but... Mm. I don't know if that yeah, was one of the this, kids and that. Mm. Again, it's that sort of the last thing you can do for them, isn't it? And I don't know how I'd cope not having done that and had that sort of almost closure of a way in seeing them and knowing yeah. that 
they're no longer with us. Mm. So if I think if I didn't see it, it would be with kids so hard to believe sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, so they held her funeral on the 18th of July. So mm. It's a week later. Yeah. Right. I can't imagine thinking a week ago we were excited about seeing her graduate. graduate. Yeah. yeah. Um, in 1985, in Fort Myer Chapel, which is the chapel attached to Arlington Cemetery. Yeah. And she was buried with full military honours near the western wow. edge of the cemetery. Um, after the funeral, the family like received an outpouring of like tributes, yeah. letters, gifts from people whose lives like Suzanne had touched. Aww. So she obviously had like a massive impact on people. Yeah. Um, and in August, they met with key people involved in her case and insisted on seeing like the crime scene and autopsy photos and reports because so they just hard. wanted to try and understand. Yeah. And the medical examiner said that it was the worst case he'd ever seen. Yeah. But, yeah, they just so wanted to try and piece things together. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, yeah, they were being so involved with it. Um, and, yeah, they were just putting all of their faith in the law process. Yeah. Which brings us on to the trial. Okay. So... I'm concerned by how much you still got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this notebook is not full. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, Yes, Ali was not an easy client for his defence okay. because he gave them like no helpful info. <laughs> um, what he, like, he didn't give them anything that like helped prove his innocence. Nothing, nothing that was even really related to the case. He was just like useless to them. Um, and they brought in psychologist, a psychologist to evaluate him. Yeah, and Ali told him that he didn't remember anything about the murder all that night. Bollocks. Yeah. So the psychologist wondered how he could have given a detailed confession and then forgotten. Yeah, maybe because he's lying. Yeah. Oh, no, but he came up. Obviously, obviously, this means that he just one of Sedley Alley's personalities remembered. Oh, the others off. didn't. No. The others weren't involved. So it was just this one personality that right. remembered. So um, this is obviously well documented, right? It's something that he suffered with before oh, this of case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. No, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> so he hypnotised Ali. Right. Because that's how you do works. really good science. Um, and he, Ali revealed under hypnosis, so obviously telling the truth, that he had been split. He'd actually been split into three personalities that night. Only that night, but that night. He was uh, Sedley Ali driving the car. I, I wish good guy Sedley could see my face. <laughs> yeah. He was also Billy, a woman riding in the passenger seat. And then he also manifested as death, riding up on a white horse next to the car. Yeah. So so he's not... (laughs) Your face is just like the rage. (laughs) One of his personalities is death. Yep. That's right. Like literal death with a size. Oh, yes. With a size, black hood on a white horse. So he's not just saying he's got split personalities. He's also got, there's a personality disorder where like people believe they're Jesus and stuff. And he believes he is literal death. death. Yeah. And it just happened that night. What, what, Mm -hmm. what did he say caused it to happen? Did it, uh, nothing, it just, just like it, a light switch. It, the good Sedley Ali can't remember. God, oh, of he wasn't not. involved. Sorry. He was yeah. just driving the car, being a good guy. But he knows what his other personalities yeah. are. So he was aware of the other personalities. But he can't remember what they were doing <laughs> no. that happened just that night and never yeah. before. That's and what never I was going to say. You obviously know psychology better than I do. Yeah. Does multiple personality disorder, is it documented as manifesting where you are aware 
of your personalities. You can be. You can at be. Times. You know, like you and me have both said at times, like we've disassociated. Yeah. Just not not with personalities or anything like that, but sometimes like with a picture of yourself, you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, that doesn't look like me. Or, yeah. I've had it with, mm. because anxiety can lead to disassociation yeah. sometimes, where I've been like driving down the street and it feels very much like, a set and almost yes. like what's behind the buildings that you can yeah. see doesn't is yeah. there's nothing there mm. the disassociating disassociation with pictures actually now you've said that that's really yeah yeah I had that once with I was at my ex's mum's yeah and she had a picture of us up yeah but I hadn't seen that she'd put it up before and I didn't recognize myself wow. in it for so for a second or two I was like who are you why with? yeah why have you got a picture of my ex obviously the partner at the time yeah. with someone else like I was really yeah. hurt yeah and then like 10 seconds later I was like oh wait a minute that's me and when I was having panic attacks really badly yeah. I remember I like it terrified me because like I looked in the mirror once and I didn't recognize my face no and it was so scary it's free yeah obviously that's all kind of a lot better nowadays but don't yeah. worry I'm not gonna turn into death and Billy and kill someone no no <laughs> But it's not like, um, you know, have you ever seen, I think it's Split. No, I've never watched it because okay. I wasn't sure if it would be a good representation of mental it's health not. disorders. And yeah. it's so frustrating because that's what people think it mm-hmm. is. And it isn't. Disassociative personality disorder, as it is now known, is it's a defence mechanism from trauma Mm -hmm. and it doesn't just suddenly happen it doesn't just suddenly happen like that and obviously it could be linked to schizophrenia and Mm -hmm. then it could but there'd be other signs and it wouldn't just happen like that and never happen again okay and (laughs) it tends to be from trauma and a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. and but surely could it be the trauma of a tupperware party Oh, of course, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah. Not even that you've had to no. attend, but that your wife but has being attended. left alone at home as an adult by your wife for them to go out for the evening. Yes, that's obviously clearly that trauma. High level trauma yeah. there. <laughs> oh. But uh, yes, so on the 7th of March 1986, with the trial scheduled for the 17th, yeah. Ali's defence officially raised the possibility of multiple personality disorder and the trial was postponed. No. For six months, Ali was examined by six therapists who drew no definite conclusions. And all his physical tests were like normal. Surely that no definite conclusions is no, he doesn't have it. He's just saying that he does. Professionals, yeah. So the prosecution brought in a Dr. Brogan Brooks, which is a really cool name. I know. Brogan Brooks, who ruled out multiple personalities yes i like yeah but he said that he felt he fitted with borderline personality disorder okay which i'm not sure how i feel about that as either. in like he's so worried that his wife is going to leave him for some tupperware yeah that he lashed out in that absolute yeah bit of oh god don't leave me yeah and did this yes so yeah and then four other examiners again were inconclusive so he's had 11 people examine him 10 have said we don't think there's we don't know one has said yeah borderline um, borderline personality if anything and the other one is like multiple personalities to be affects women a lot more than men Mm. anyway and he would have had signs of that before yeah, and again, that yeah. still wouldn't explain his multiple personalities that yeah, he's going with exactly 
In the trial, his mother did tearfully try and defend him, saying that she'd always known there was something wrong with him. He's a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, maybe there is, no but I don't think that. Yeah. A gross human being. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the postponements, because of all of this, dragged on. And after four postponements, in March 1987, finally the trial began in Shelby oh, County, God, Tennessee. not long before I was born. No, actually, yeah. Like seven, eight months. Yeah. Wow. Um, so he was in the sort of trial, it was kind of brought up that it was sort of like a mix between organized and disorganized as a crime. Okay, yeah. Which, it was like an opportunity. Yeah. She's there. So they felt it indicated, yeah, like how much Suzanne had fought back. She was such yeah. a strong person. And so the abduction had to have relied on like surprise yeah. to succeed. And the brutal nature of it also showed that it was not likely to be his first crime. Like, as in, it's definitely not going to be your first crime. No. And interestingly, it came out that his first wife, he had been married before Lynn, (gasps) died. died. She drowned in the bath and was also strangled. Um, She died in the bath and was strangled? Yeah, she had um, strangulation marks around her neck and was drowned in the bath. And they didn't rule that as suspicious? It was totally that she'd been out drinking with some other men and they'd probably killed her <laughs> not I that she was out no. and he didn't like it yeah and he, exactly. he killed her because she was looking at tupperware <laughs> probably yeah it yeah so how that, did she get in the bath if she was out with other guys well they obviously came back with her to the house to i don't know that he was at yeah oh he wasn't home oh of course yeah not. he wasn't home no so, yeah right so his first wife Died under very suspicious circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was also brought up that it kind of fell into that sort of like lust murder category. Yeah. Um, it's which so was so sexual in yeah, nature. Yeah. It was slowly starting to be understood at this point that like lust murder doesn't mean you physically raped them. Yeah. Because um, a lot of the time people would think lust murder has to mean you want to have sex with them. Yeah. And also that complete yeah. misunderstanding about rape being because mm-hmm. you're attracted to the person as yeah, opposed exactly. to power and control. Yeah. And that's what they sort of um, came up with as a profile. That it was sort of a crime of opportunity, yeah. but definitely had to have been premeditated in his mind's fantasies, like leading up yeah. to that point. Especially, Not necessarily with her, but well, yeah. I'd say especially with how much she looked like his wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and that he wasn't like a sexual sadist. He hadn't like, tortured her in um, the same way exactly like sort of Lawrence Bittaker was brought up as like a con- uh, sort of contrast of like he hadn't sort of taken along like torture implements and things no but yeah I was a bit sort of mm, about that being drawn she was alive yeah. when you did that to her yeah. how is that I yeah. suppose they may be saying he. they're saying it's more like he was sort of sadistic but not necessarily sexual pleasure from it. Yeah, because they also found on the crotch area of his shorts some of her blood, okay. which suggests that he was sort of... Can it was sexually motivated, yeah. but not necessarily by torturing her. I, didn't I don't quite, know. I, yeah, I, I sort mean, of felt like that seemed really... a extreme thing to do to her. And, yeah, say, and then still be turned on. 
Yeah, and get blood yeah. on your crotch. Yeah, because they said that kind of suggested he had like rubbed against, against her where she's got. Yeah, after like, doing that, yeah, I'm sorry the... that I'm not. I convinced. thought it seemed a bit muddled with yeah. them saying that it wasn't sexual sadism or kind of. Yeah, yeah, um, that seems very. Yeah, but it was sort of seeming that yeah he had a lot of potentially like sexual anger yeah. sort of in a misogynistic way it his home and I, i'm gonna laugh just because it makes me think of austin powers they found a mail order penis enlarger <laughs> that's not mine that's not my bag baby <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. um yeah. but it's sort of all suggesting he had a lot of insecurities yeah which again ties into wanting that power and the domination and, and control and, yeah, and dominating someone her. who looks like his wife yeah so yeah and in court when they were trying to claim he was sort of had multiple personality disorders they played a the, the prosecution played a recording of his original confession yeah and there was no mention of these other personalities in it. Shocker that. That's because yeah. that's one of the other personalities was in charge. Was in yeah. charge and they and don't know only about the Sedley, other yeah, Only Ali is aware of <laughs> But um, Ali then tried to plead insanity. Yeah. yeah. But then the, the prosecution brought out letters that had been found that he'd written to relatives rationally telling them that he was going to plead insanity. What a twat! <laughs> I know! Um, do, do, do people not realise that if you write it down, like, it, <laughs> it, it's written down, it yeah. can be found? Exactly, yeah. So inconsistencies in his multiple personality disorder were coming to light as well. That's a shock. They found, they observed that he seemingly performed his symptoms when people were around and not so much when they weren't around. Um, Billy, it's one of his multiple personalities, a performer. Maybe. <laughs> Billy's gender alternated sometimes between a man and a woman. Gender fluid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was seen associating with um, violent patients in the mental hospital where he was being kept, whose behaviour he could mimic. To sort of bring out his ah, disorders. Yeah. yeah. That's helpful. That is. And he told staff that he'd lied in his confession deliberately to create inconsistencies. Right. Yeah. Why would you tell the staff? I know. <laughs> but he's insane. He can't yeah. be held accountable. Oh, no. Yeah. I so mean, I think he's absolutely thick. Yeah. So the prosecution brought in a doctor, and I'm going to say this wrong, Zilla Athar or Athur. A, a Asian psychiatrist, yeah, who assessed Ali as figuring out like the right answers when he was being assessed, yeah, as you know, definitely some people do, yeah. And Doctor Atha gave this theory credibility by deliberately leading Ali uh, in his no. questioning and showing how his story would adapt depending on what he asked him. See, psychologists are not yeah. stupid; they have a way yeah. of figuring this shit yep. out. He would he mentioned things to Ali like, "Do you ever wake up at around three in the morning with violent dreams?" Yeah, and yeah, of course I do. Yeah, he'd start coming up with stories about dreams he'd have at sort of two thirty in the morning about yeah. him killing people and things like this. Yes, so <laughs> and equally again. Which you'd think if one of his personalities had done this, but he hadn't. Yeah. He would be kind of upset about this. But he has he expressed no remorse whatsoever and no concern about the victim, so Suzanne. In the... His his nice personality wasn't yeah, still didn't upset give a shit. about what happened no, at all. Still wasn't horrified that oh my god, something in my brain has led me to do this. No, he, Please he help wasn't fussed. Me. 
No, no. Yeah. And he uh, chose not to testify in his trial as well. That may have been sensible. Yeah, probably good because he is an absolute idiot. Yeah. So <laughs> his yeah. defense are probably like, no, you're not fucking getting up on this. <laughs> yeah. The jury deliberated for six hours before finding him guilty of aggravated kidnapping, aggravate, aggravated rape, and murder in the first degree. As we said before, enough time for a nice cup of coffee and yeah. a biscuit. Exactly. Make use of the free lunch. Yes. And then, yeah. And they recommended death by electrocution as the penalty. Yeah. So he was finally executed in June 2006 via. This was 1987 and it was 2006 via lethal injection. And the actual crime was 85. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he was witnessed uh, being executed by his daughter, April, which is also really really sad. sad. Yeah. So we get on to that a little bit. Okay. Because there's still more. Oh my God, I thought it was over. Yeah. I just wanted to do a little nicer bit about um, the... I have a feel that it doesn't stay nice. It's odd as an ending. That feels like a proper ending. And then recently there have been some developments that make it very... I don't know how I feel about them. But... Going back to the people who matter a little bit. Yeah. Um, in the wake of their daughter's death, Jack and Trudy began counselling victims of loss. So they became like really, really strong, strong people yeah. again. They became activists sharing their experience to help people. But they were taken aback by the number of appeals that Ali had available after sentencing yeah. due to habeas corpus, the um, fundamental right to challenge the lawfulness of imprisonment. I mean, I do agree with that because if I you're going to, to execute someone, yeah, you, you need should. to make sure. But yeah. that shouldn't be that, oh, we're going to keep asking you to make sure just forever. They Equally. do eventually run out. And there's yeah. definitely been problems with but still, people, 19 but years. It was sort of, they were also equally sort of, they brought up his, the time spent between his being sentenced and him being executed was longer than Suzanne had been alive. It was, but. Yeah. I like, I think, think that I can see that. I can see that point, but I think yeah. maybe that, again, is another problem with the death penalty because it yeah. keeps people waiting for that closure mm. as opposed yes. to yeah. that. And be in prison for the yeah. rest of their lives. And there and is sort of the end of it. feeling of, oh, once they're dead, I'll feel better. But I don't think people no. do, generally. Um, but yes, they were taken aback by how many appeals he had available. Um, so I don't think they were arguing against appeals entirely, but just yeah. the number he had and that it seemed more like he was going to die of old age than okay. be executed. So this was obviously, yeah, resulted in numerous days of execution. And Suzanne's parents felt that the justice they'd been promised was voided by this. So I think this is where it does get difficult. If you really are opposed to the death penalty, you're not going to maybe feel where they're coming from. Here. No, because to me, justice isn't an eye for an eye. But I can see where they're coming from in their belief of it. But mm. yes, I'm not sure that I personally agree. Yeah, I, but I feel so sorry should be yeah. separate from... Yeah, the sadly the victims. And yeah, the people like left in behind. the um, the Alison Perot case, I yeah. had so much respect for her mother, saying I didn't believe in the death penalty before, and I still don't now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they obviously did believe in it. Yeah, um, and it's a legal thing, so it's their right to believe in it, I yeah. suppose. But um, Jack began researching other cases and testifying about Suzanne's and these similar cases over the years and yeah. how the appeals had occurred and pushed things back. And through the attention this brought, uh, Jack had a really large impact on the 1996 
Habeas Corpus Reform, okay. which was called the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act. Wow. And that was designed to just stop the endless appeals process and impose some structure and like time okay. limits on it. Yeah. Um, to reduce delays sort of that are just sort of we're playing for time forever. That's sort of how it's viewed. I feel about that. Should you have a time limit on Mm. proving that someone is 100% guilty? I think that's the thing. If we say, do we agree with the death penalty? I think neither of us do. No. But I kind of see where they're coming from that if that is law, if that is a sentence that's been given, and I don't agree with it being, but if it is, we still, that has to have some real application or we shouldn't have it. I do wonder how, if um, there may be cases out there where mm. someone runs out of their appeals that they wouldn't necessarily have done, who mm. then turns out to be innocent, yeah. how and I think that's you'd the feel thing. about yeah. getting it changed. Yeah, I think that is the thing is, I yeah, neither of us think no we both be a, I think quite strong yeah. views on whether yeah. it should be a but punishment I can or not. see that if something is a punishment that has to be followed through with or we have to say maybe this isn't right getting a bit political <laughs> yeah. I do find it, it we are getting political maybe mm. we need a political like yeah, sort of <laughs> bonus episode yeah but I do feel like a lot of the time the people that argue for the death penalty mm. and that being an appropriate punishment are the same people that argue against bodily autonomy with abortions, which Mm -hmm. I think is very contradictory as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, we might need to do a whole separate episode. (laughs) But yeah. Start releasing a bonus hmm. political episode a week. So I think regardless of agreeing with it, it's very impressive that they they so believed in that and they got got some change. Yeah. And also on a fully positive note, uh, they also set up a scholarship for children of foreign service personnel Aww. based entirely on need. So it's not that you have to like win yeah. it or it's entirely on do you need it. In that's really so that's good. lovely. Oh, I like and that one a lot yeah. better. <laughs> and this is now where we get onto what we've been discussing about. Should the death penalty, does it actually work? Should it be Ooh. a thing? I sort of preempted that. Yeah, because <laughs> in 2019... The Innocent Pro- Innocence Project. They're fascinating. Yeah. Have you watched their stuff? I know of them and I've seen a bit of it. Yeah. They, they were, there. I think <clears throat> there was a Netflix documentary that followed oh, them for a bit. Cool. And it was fascinating. Mm. Yeah, they and Ali's daughter, April, the one who saw yeah. him be executed, oh. they called to reopen the case and retest DNA evidence. Okay, but it seems pretty. Yeah. They claimed that underwear recovered at the crime scene and presumed to be the killers hadn't been examined. Okay. And Ali had told his daughter that he was coerced in his original confession. Oh. And I don't know anything about that, but equally yeah. we have seen cases where that is true. And it is, <laughs> everyone says, oh, that would never happen to me. Yeah. I wouldn't give a false I wouldn't confession. Break, yeah. But if I was innocent, I'd say it. Forever. People do, and mm. it is so documented yeah. how easy exactly. it is. For you have to look at to. the West Memphis Three, and there's so yeah. many. So yeah, that is what he told his daughter. Equally, if he'd done it, he's still going to say that, isn't he? Yeah. So, um, but the Innocence Project also pointed to a potential suspect who was stationed with Suzanne okay. before her death at the same base. It could also mm. explain like him not actually being insane, but okay, he's been coerced into this confession. Possibly. It's the way that he doesn't. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I in a lot of these cases they test the DNA and sort of DNA and semen and stuff like that. Mm. They use as proof that something must have happened yeah. and it was that person doing it. But there's there's always that chance that you've mm. had sex with them consensually or stuff mm. like that. And it yeah. I don't necessarily think it's the smoking gun that it's yeah. always. I think shown definitely to be. like the blood stains in the car, etc. etc. Yeah. I believe he's guilty. Yeah, I'm just saying think, with these yeah, underwear that they're saying, exactly, oh, that's yeah. not been tested. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily. No, yeah, and yeah, they pointed to this other potential suspect. Um, he was stationed at the same base with Suzanne before her death. He yeah. had left the base by the time of her death, but in 2019, he was arrested for murder and sexual assault. Wow! And could, like the Innocent Project, yeah. suggested, be connected. Yeah. But, and this is where I kind of wish we'd been able to wrap up with just saying Sudley Alley is an absolute, like, monster. Yeah. But yeah, we're likely to never actually know if that is the end of the case or not, because in May 2021, the Court of Appeals ruled against reopening the case, and that is the end. Because they said that it did not have sufficient evidence to warrant it being reopened. uh, How how not? (laughs) Yeah, but so there's there's yeah. another potential suspect exactly. that they didn't know about yeah. before who has gone on to commit another crime. This crime to her wasn't the person's first crime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, had they, but then you've got the really weirdness with um, Ali's first <clears throat> wife. Exactly. He, it's I, I do genuinely believe he did it. But yeah. equally, I fully accept that now we don't know. We can't, without a shadow of a doubt, say if you're so sure that he was like the justice system. Why would you not just reopen it? Yeah, closure. That's yeah. So I feel really, really sorry for his daughter. Yeah, to think that obviously she genuinely believes he's innocent and just wants to know. Yeah, and now, much as I've been saying, Sidley Alley is an awful person, etc. Yeah, I I believe it, but yeah, I. You can't say for certain no. because now there has been There's uncertainty like mixed has in. Been put in. Yeah, and it's what I always say with um, the cases and that that we do, and with the verdicts and the sort of in in court whether mm. guilty or innocent is so many cases. It seems they rule that they're guilty even though there is reasonable doubt. Yeah, and they seem to always forget that bit. It it doesn't have to be that you think that innocent it just has to be that there's yeah, reasonable you... doubt that they are guilty exactly, there is yeah. a chance yeah that is reasonable mm. that they're not yeah guilty. you don't have to be saying you genuinely believe they are innocent yeah, yeah. but just that they however that chance might be. that they might be yeah yeah and yeah unfortunately that is That's where the case reintroduced that with oh. that sudden and really disappointing kind of twist that goes to a dead end we really need to do a case that's got yeah. better closure. I know. Yeah. I think as well we should do a more light-hearted case. We've Definitely. done a lot of heavy cases recently. Yes. Um, I have. think I may do a mini, mini episode coming up um, while Becca's away in France that mm-hmm. um, looks at a murder where a parrot was the main person <laughs> used in court. It just sounds amazing. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that should be a more light-hearted one, yeah. hopefully. And Unless, like, we find out the parrot gets <laughs> exactly. post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And... Does the parrot, like, demand habeas corpus? Is it, like... <laughs> 
parrots are like small toddlers and it witnessed it i think oh so that parrot could have like proper okay so we're not saying the parrot did it no okay that's what i was getting confused about (laughs) the parrot is the witness (laughs) well i was imagining a much wilder case (laughs) a parrot can't be charged with murder it's a different species i guess not yeah yeah. I suppose we wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't be very easy to take into a court, would it? <laughs> but now he's a poor parrot, so I don't know. Maybe we end up in, it's a tragic end for the parrot. Yeah, it might be really, really depressing, actually. But, yeah, well, I got through this without crying, so... Just? I teared up, like, once or twice, a little <laughs> bit, but nothing like the Alison Perot one. No. So, but yes, we, uh, yeah. We, uh, we'll see, see you, you uh, next, next week. time. See you Bye. later. Bye.